Hello and welcome to Beauty Island, the award-nominated beauty podcast that celebrates life and lipstick. I am your host, beauty journalist, Brittany Stewart. Each episode, I sit down with a guest and ask them about the eight beauty products that have a special memory or meaning for them. The ones they take to a desert island or beauty island that I am sending them off to. Maybe it's the first product they ever bought, the one that gives them their signature look, or the perfume that instantly sparks a memory of a special place or person. Along the way, we find out more about their life, career, and the people and events that have shaped them into who they are today. This is the final episode of season four, and I couldn't think of anyone more fitting to conclude what has been another incredible and inspiring season. The good news is that I'll be back very, very soon with a special series, a little tweak to the usual format that I'm calling Beauty Isolation. Guests will still be talking through eight products, but these will be the ones they're using, ditching or rediscovering during quarantine. We'll explore how their relationship to beauty has changed during this time, as well as a host of related topics. I've hit up some old and new beauty friends for a brilliant lineup, and I cannot wait to share it with you very, very soon. But first, season four finale. Today, my guest is founder of The Blow, Phoebe Simmons. She's sharp, intelligent, resilient, and sitting down with her, it's very quickly apparent why she is so highly regarded and liked in the beauty industry. Our chat was just a few days before COVID-19 took over the world. We talked about what she'd learnt working in beauty and marketing all over the world for top brands including LMVH, Benefit, and even a Bono-affiliated beauty brand, the reality of burnout when you're building a business, having Julia Gillard in for a blow-dry, and the sunscreen that got her fully on board the SBF train. At the end of the episode, we talk about ways you can support businesses like The Blow during these times through gift vouchers. I know that one of the first things I'll be treating myself to is a pampering blow-dry from The Blow, and I would love to pass that forward to you too. So... I have purchased a voucher that you can spend on a blow dry or dry style or treatment, whatever you want, once they have reopened, that I am going to give away. All you have to do is share a screenshot of this episode on your Instagram story or as a feed post and make sure that you tag at Beauty Island Podcast and at The Blow Australia to go in the running to win. Yep, easy as that. Just share a screenshot of this episode on Instagram and tag at Beauty Island Podcast and at The Blow Australia and you could win a voucher to go treat yourself to a glorious hair day at The Blow Australia. A flag that current locations when they reopen are in Melbourne and Sydney's CBDs including the pop-ups at Sephora which Phoebe talks about which had just been announced when we recorded this but if you're planning to visit either of those cities again when everything is reopened then please feel free to enter as well. As always, if you enjoy this episode, please subscribe, rate five stars and write a review. As an independent podcast, those things really help us get seen and discovered by new people, which means that I can keep on making it for you, which I love. And I'm so, so grateful for all the support that you guys show each week. If you need some more Beauty Escape in the meantime, you can sign up to my beauty newsletter called It's a Beauty or find me on Instagram at BrittanyBeautyBTS. The links to both those accounts are in the show notes. Now, for the final time for season four, over to Phoebe. Enjoy. Phoebe, welcome to Beauty Island. Thank you so much for having me. Most of your career has been in the beauty space, but I was intrigued to read that the passion for beauty came not from kind of the aesthetic side of things, but activism, you say. Yeah, it was interesting. I have only worked in beauty my whole life and by only I mean at 15 years old or it was 14 and nine months when you're legally allowed to work on that exact day I walked into the body shop at Bay City Plaza in Geelong and handed in my CV which obviously had nothing on it um but I was really drawn to the body shop then I mean this this was 2001 but the body shop had been such an iconic 1990s brand and I was really I was obsessed with Anita Roddick who was the founder and a real activist and a true entrepreneur who um, really I think changed the scape of how beauty had been marketed and um so it was always the brand that was very interesting to me um it was less about the soap. I didn't really care about that, but I loved the slogan t-shirts and I loved against animal testing and um, all of the 
efforts that they did with community trade, which at the time was quite revolutionary. Um, obviously, the body shop's in a different place now, but it always um, will have a very soft spot in my heart. The first product on your list is the one that you kind of grew up watching your mum use, I believe. Tell yeah. me about what it is and the memories behind that. Yeah, my mum uh, would has used uh, Nutramedics, Nutramoist, since she was 15 years old. And the, I think it's the smell more than anything that really reminds me of her. She doesn't wear perfume and so it's the one thing that really brings brings me to her or her to me. And she really, we, I was one of three girls and so it, she really set the tone for us on how we were to look after our skin. Growing up it was, she said, the most important things are teeth, skin and feet. Hilariously. Feet? Yeah, exactly. So like dietary and all of that didn't really help me in later life <laughs> but it was we always had to be in comfortable shoes and all of that and and so skin was something that very early on we were all too moisturized I was using an eye cream at like 10 or something like that so it was it was very much a routine a ritual and an important part of bonding as well growing up and did you grow up in Geelong? Yeah, Geelong. Yeah, so an hour out of Melbourne. And then I moved to Melbourne Uni um, for uni. And then um, I went overseas and all over the place after that. So growing up in Geelong, say when you're in your teens or in high school, what did you think like grown up Phoebe would end up doing? Oh, gosh, I knew very early on that I wanted to do commerce at Melbourne Uni. That was kind of goal one. And I wanted to work in retail in business retail um I'm not quite sure what I wasn't quite sure what that was but I went quickly into um, marketing and management um, as my majors um, in commerce and I couldn't I, I couldn't really believe I can't really believe where I've ended up now it's pretty there were a lot of pinch me moments in my career in my 20s you know when I was with LVMH in Paris and um you know sitting on sitting in the most incredible shoots and you know opening benefit in Sephora in India or something that I'm sure that 10 or 15 year old me wouldn't would not believe it would blow my mind and as you mentioned you studied marketing and commerce yeah. and you got your first break into kind of the beauty retail space at Mecca so tell me about that that first job first sure. big job yeah so that was my job when I was at uni um I was kindly put in touch with a woman named Amelia Trumbull who um asked me to join her team at Mecca in the internet mail order um division and it was then you know mail order can you imagine back <laughs> in the day that's how old I am and it was when Mecca was about 10 years old so it was a really exciting time when they were still Oh, well, I mean, they always act like a really a very entrepreneurial brand, but it was a really exciting time to be part of the team. Um, and I learned a lot um, from listening and just observing how brands were expressed. Um, and it was, yeah, a really magical time. I felt very supported and it was Mecca who put me in touch with um, some brands um, when I moved to London um, to get my a full-time job over there. So I'm forever grateful um, to the leadership team there. The second set of products on your list are the ones um, you kind of first remembered buying yourself growing up. And there's a few. Um, we've got the Great Lash Mascara, Impulse, Australis, Red Earth, yeah. Hair Mascara, Glitter Gel, a yeah, whole lot of stuff. Yeah, all the 90s stuff. <laughs> Tell me a bit more about some of those. Well, I mean, Maybelline Great Lash, that pink and green sheer bread it's just iconic my sister had it so I had to have it and then uh, makeup was kind of anything that you could get at Target or there was a Red Earth store in Geelong which was very cool um, and that was where we'd get kind of remember those glitter pots of like of glitter eyeshadow and things that you'd put on um, so it was all of the it, basically anything that the Spice Girls wore I was wearing <laughs> including the platform shoes and I loved um, Maver had referenced their Impulse Spice Girls deodorant which had the orange lid and the white tube yeah. which I just could not believe I could get my hands on so glamorous um, so those that was really what um, what shaped um, my kind of early teens and tweens years. And how do you feel about glitter now? Um, all for it. Great. Go for it. Why not? It's such a, a liberating form of self-expression, I think, when you can um, even glitter like sequins and things like that. I'm, I'm all for that. 
So I know that you moved to London early on in your career. Tell me about what sparked that decision and those first years there. Sure. I had always had a real desire to move to London. I think growing up, I had a a lot of fondness for British culture and the history and, you know, the movies and things like that. And um, I, after uni, I had a job in PR in, and I was doing a couple of days in PR and then a couple of days at Mecca. And then I had a really bad car accident when I was 21. It was um, a couple, four months after I'd finished uni. And I, it was then, it was kind of like once I'd kind of gained consciousness and <laughs> recovered a little bit, I decided that was my moment to make a real break from Melbourne and pack my bags and move to London. So I moved over there with uh, a couple of email introductions from the Mecca team and I nabbed a job on in my first week um, with Nude Skincare, which was then a really exciting new brand that had just launched at Mecca, Natural. It was owned by Bono and his wife, Ali, and oh, a wow. few other, yeah, and a few other um big deal kind of Irish investors with the a real focus on natural ingredients probiotics and oils and I was work I worked there for four years but two years into that um, Bono and the and the owners sold a huge stake of it to LVMH which is Louis Vuitton Molly Hennessy the biggest luxury um, group in the world who own brands like Sephora, Dior, Marc Jacobs, Fendi, Celine, basically all the Bulgari, now Tiffany, all of the big ones. So benefit. Um, so it was a really exciting time to be part of the company because you were absorbed into this much more glamorous world than, um, than the one that, that I had previously existed in. So how old are you at this point? So the nude's been acquired. Yep. So tw- I would have been 24, 25. Yeah. Through that transition. So then I moved from, I was like marketing assistant and marketing coordinator, moved to marketing manager. This was a, we were a really small team. We were super nimble. We were all hands on deck. Nude was sold, um, again, you know, in a major retailers like Selfridges, Harvey Nichols, Sephora, and then LVMH came on board and it was just taken to a whole other stratosphere in terms of my learning and experience. The third product on your list before we move away from Teen Phoebe, the product that defines your teen years, which for you is the Natural Glow Bronzer. Oh my gosh, yes. I feel like bronzer features in so many. <laughs> of mine. Defining oh, teen defining yeah. things. And, and here as well, which yeah, is a good thing. Always. Um, natural Glow Bronzer was... It just makes me laugh so much, the amount of natural glow bronzer that me and all of my friends at uni would go through all over your body. Like it would look like mud. Remember that? (laughs) It was kind of like it would get stuck. Remember that really thick brush? But we just kept on going. And, you know, I remember I thought it was so cool. I was taught a tip where you'd where you draw a three on your face. Remember that? Like from the, from your forehead along to, along your cheekbone over to your nose, then back again and along your cheek. But it it didn't look great. (laughs) It really didn't look great. But at the time we, we got through. One of the things that struck me going through where you've worked is that the brands that you worked for, you obviously enjoyed because you stayed there for a number of years. I think you were at Benefit for five years, ending up as marketing director. Tell me a bit about what it's like working in-house at a brand, at a beauty brand specifically. Sure. So one of the privileges of working for LVMH is that you are taught a very clear brand discipline from day one. So what I, what my experience was working with Benefit, for example, is that it's brand over anything. And if you don't stand for anything, you're not going to stand out. So at Benefit, Benefit believes that and they live by the mission statement that laughter is the best cosmetic and they have pillars of the DNA that they refer to that helps them make every single decision. So we're talking about laughter and fun, instant beauty solutions, brow bar um, and bold and girly kind of dynamic and aesthetic. So those are the kind of things that, would help you make decisions. For example, am I going to work with that partner? Am I going to do this activation? Am I going to hire this person? Should I go after doing a big focus on this product category or this product category? Everything comes back to the DNA. So when we're working in 
obviously I've, I've only ever worked in-house so I can't compare it to anything else um, but you are afforded a tremendous amount of resources from a global team if you're working in a local market who I guess would act like an agency. They provide you with a lot of direction, a lot of guidelines. Um, they would direct you on where your money should be spent every year um, by category and by kind of um, area um, of the business. And it was an incredible experience and really helped set me up for when I wanted to go out and create my own brand because I could be very, very disciplined in what our voice was, what our positioning was um, and what made us different from everyone else out there. And before we move on to the current chapter of your career, which is Blow, mm -hmm. you mentioned before, obviously, working at LMVH, working in Paris with Puff and Christa Dior. Tell me about some of those pinch me moments from that time that you, you yeah, mentioned before. Sure. What LVMH did was when they acquired Nude, we came under the guidance of Puff and Christian Dior and we basically started to define the brand in LVMH terms. And that not only included DNA and um, brand positioning, tone of voice, but it also included packaging and included uh, product formulation. So we'd go out to Saint-Jean-de-Bray, which is the huge laboratory where all LVMH cosmetic brands uh, are formulated, or a lot are. Um, and we would see the products get developed and we would see the ingredients we would look at the packaging lines we would work on pantone colors we would uh, write the copy we would rename the products um, that was an incredible experience because you're seeing as as someone who's always worked in beauty you're looking at this production line and you're seeing hundreds and thousands of bottles of Shador go down the line um, on photo shoots so I um, went to New York to do a photo shoot with Helena Christensen and Ali who is um, Bono's wife who was one of the co-founders um, that was pretty cool uh, I don't know it was just everything was everything was pretty special because you at that point you're just soaking it all in relaunching the brand we um, relaunched it at a hotel in New York and I was sitting next to Sarah Brown who was the Vogue Beauty director and she was on my left and Bono was kind of sitting at a <laughs> about two o'clock yeah exactly and just those kind of things where you think where am I and that's one thing that I always um, try and recommend to any young women who are interested in moving overseas I would always encourage it if it feels right because you are open to a whole global uh, market and opportunities that may not exist in um, places like Melbourne and Sydney. The fourth product on your list is a benefit one, the yeah. first of a few, yeah. um, which is the the one that gives you your confidence boost or your signature look, which is Benefit Cabral. Yes. Tell me why you love this one so All much. All about the brows. I can't believe before I started at Benefit, I'd never waxed or shaped or put any kind of products in my brows and wow you can tell the difference <laughs> um it, brows can completely change your face shape um they're also a great way to express yourself and benefit did a really excellent job um in like 2016 and onwards on really owning that brow category just when it was taking off and cabrow is one of those products that i would never leave home without wearing it's a beautiful pomade that helps to shape and fill in the brows and it was one of those hero products that really that's that's a cult for a lot of people and that's absolutely right we talk about brow the brow part of our makeup routine as if it's something that's always been there but it's really something that's only been championed in the last 10 yeah. years or less the innovation has been huge I mean it used to just be a pencil Right. And then Gimme Brow came on the scene, which was a volumizing brow fiber gel that really set the standard. And then we started to get a lot more experimental. And there was a lot of that really, remember that really sharply defined brow. And that was a huge distance away from like that 90s brow that like Jennifer Aniston and, um, and Kate Moss would wear. So it's, it's really interesting to see the brow trends continue. I mean, it's all about fluffy and feathered now. Um, and yeah, it's, 
I, I really believe it's a great way to express yourself above all else. And do you think, obviously, as you said, we're now very much in the fuller, fluffy stage. And I know that makeup trends can bound from one end to the other. Do you think we'll ever go back to like the very pencil thin? Oh, God. Yeah, we will. I mean, just like everything, right? Beauty is so cyclical. And I mean, that came, that was big in the 20s and 30s yep. as well. And then it came back in the 90s, which was and when you think about those night thin 90s brows, that was coming off the back of the Brooke Shields 80s brow, right? So Which true. was so big and fluffy. And I bet you they wouldn't have expected that to have happened then. So that's the great thing about beauty. It's constantly reinventing itself. And we are in the 2020s. So oh, exactly. Be, gosh, just as we've all grown it, grown them back out again. Yeah, <laughs> totally, totally. But um, it's fun. You spent almost 10 years working for other brands. What was the seed or when was the seed for building your own planted and how did you go about making it happen? I saw opportunity. It's not like I had always wanted to own my own business. It just kind of came to me and I could have happily stayed at Benefit my whole life. But I was spending a lot of time in San Francisco when I was at Benefit and I would see that a lot of women, professional women, were coming to rely on a weekly or a twice weekly blow dry to help them feel polished, more powerful and really conquer in the boardroom. And when I came back to Australia every time, I couldn't find anywhere that was able to deliver the kind of service that blow dry bars were delivering in the States. What I really needed was a blow dry bar that was offering a very consistent service. So I got what I saw every single time that it was in a really convenient location. So I could jump off the train, duck in there. Maybe it was open at 7am because if something's open at 10am, it's way too late for me to get to work at 9am. And it was also a competitive price. So it wasn't all about chandeliers and glasses of champagnes. It was about getting me in and out um, very quickly and really focusing on that, that effortlessness. And finally, it was to be in a really cool place that had a really great community vibe that I felt a part of and really meant something to me as a brand. Uh, I know that blow dry bars are a dime a dozen there's there's a lot of places that can do beautiful blow dries with all you need is someone with a passion for it and a hairdryer and a power plug but what I was more interested in was providing a transformation to women beyond the hair beyond the external it was how we could make her feel on the inside um, and that was where my experience of brand gave me the confidence to be able to go out on my own and create this experience for women like me and that's something that is really striking about the blow it's obviously somewhere that you know you can get a great blow dry but it's the almost community and lifestyle aspect that comes from the blow like you've held events uh, with international women's day you know like you said those really empowering community connection events that go beyond just the hair it's really important to me to create a community of women who lift each other up I'm paying rent on a space so why don't I use it after hours to really bring women together and help them conquer their day with confidence and it's not just about hair so for example we we host a lot of fun beauty events. That's easy. We've got a lot of great um, supportive partners in the industry um, in Australia, but we also host events on skills, um, lifestyle skills, career skills. So for example, Jamila Rizzi came in and did a really great talk on her book, Not Just Lucky, and how you can be more assertive in the boardroom, ask for that raise um, and get that um, promotion. We are partners with Share the Dignity, which is an Australian charity that provides uh, sanitary items to women who are victims of domestic violence and who are homeless. And so we did a huge event with my friends Moxie and V Underwear where we spoke about period poverty and why that was such a national shame and what we could do about it as women. So more of these bold events that is giving a voice to things that maybe everyday women in Melbourne wouldn't have normal access to or wouldn't yeah wouldn't be put on by any other brand we think well why not it's having a conversation it's bringing women together it's making us feel like we're contributing and we're learning and we're developing so why not and speaking of Jamila Rizvi her book Not Just Lucky is brilliant and one of the things that she talks about in that is imposter syndrome and I read a great interview with you that you did with Future Women yeah where you talked about those days where you're in this really senior position and maybe feeling a bit of imposter syndrome yourself and I think 
part of the seed of the blow was planted in that. So tell me a bit about that experience. I think that there is an instinct for us to label something, for example, imposter syndrome. But actually, over the last few months, I've been thinking more and more about it. And I think it's just in our mind, imposter syndrome. I know it's just in our mind. It actually doesn't have to be a thing. We can just get over it and have that confidence and back ourselves. And, you know, in my experience, yes, a lot of my roles, I was quite young. Um, I was managing a team. I wasn't told how to manage a team. I could only just keep my eyes and ears open and learn from examples around me. And it could have been very easily easy for me to feel intimidated by that situation or feel like I didn't deserve it. But at the end of the day, those opportunities were given to me for a reason. They were either given to me because I put myself out there and that energy was uh, kind of picked up on or other people believed in me and gave me the opportunity to shine. Either way, that's enough of a boost um, to push me forward and know that uh, I deserve to be in that place. And so now I try and speak a lot to women about, and young women especially, about just getting over that imposter syndrome, just going for it, backing yourself, believing in yourself and not letting that self-doubt cloud or inhibit uh, you from seizing any opportunities that might come your way. How I related to it with future women was that I actually use blow dries to help me get over that imposter syndrome and that lack of confidence because I have naturally really frizzy, curly hair. I'm living in Sydney and Singapore and London, actually three so of the humid. worst, <laughs> the worst places to um, for my hair to um, to exist. Um, <laughs> And so I would go and get a blow dry to feel stronger, more confident, more polished, more put together and more assertive. And so I thought that that should be available for some women who would like to lean on that as a tool. So you said you have naturally curly hair. One thing that I have felt personally and a lot of other people who I've spoken to on this podcast, you also have curly hair, is this kind of connection between natural and curly and being and being more polished and professional did you yeah. experience that like definitely dis- disconnection? yeah that's I think that's a really uh, good point to raise I think what is it about curliness that signifies feeling less put together is it the unruliness is it is it the extra bounciness I think it's all fabulous and it's something that we always try and do at the blow around working with your personality and your natural state and who you want to be that day. Some days you might not want to be curly. You might want to be dead straight and we can totally do that. Um, Other times you might really want to enhance your natural curls, but you might feel like the frizz is making you look a little bit um, less kempt, a little bit more unkempt. Um, And so we'll work on that as well. But I do think that 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 whole myth around frizziness or curliness is is something that is worth discussing more I'm going to make a note of that one Um, and one thing I do love about the blow is I suppose rewind 40 years ago when you went to your hairdresser a blow dry was one solid helmet shape yes now of course the blow offers I think is it is it six or is it more Uh, seven signature styles seven signature styles exactly like you were saying the different moods the different looks that you want to do which is the most popular the main event is the most popular that's your classic bouncy blow wave it's got the beautiful sweep it's got all about the volume there's a lot of movement in it so that's that's probably the classic and then rich girl hair is really iconic to the blow it's those signature s-bend waves that you see all over your instagram feed it's very real girl it's um it's great for events and one that a lot of girls love to come back for and often they don't want to change they just want rich girl every (laughs) single time I'm always like you sure you don't want to try something else but yeah they're the diehard fans for sure and that was something that was really important to me because another thing around hairdressers traditionally was that they could be quite intimidating to some people hair salons I definitely felt that I would sit down and I wouldn't know what to ask for and then you know there's that thing where you don't tell hairdressers that you don't like it um (laughs) and I definitely yeah but like everything's fixable and so we wanted to remove that intimidation factor um and to start a conversation okay well what do you like about that style what 
how would your hair normally hold a style like that? Um, how do you want it to feel? How do you want it to hold for the next day? So all of those kind of things um, is sparked by seeing those signature styles and then we can go from there. The fifth product on your list is your holy grail or greatest discovery, which for you is oils. Yes. And there's a variety. So tell me, Tell me about why oils specifically work for you, why you love them so much. Yes, I'm obsessed with oils. Uh, They're really good for my skin because it's particularly dry and dehydrated. So I discovered them when I was at Nude where they had a replenishing night oil that had omegas 3, 6, 7 and 9, cranberry oil and rosehip oil and all that good stuff and my skin would just slurp it up Uh, and it's really good when you're traveling as well. And I also got really hooked at that time on cleansing oils. It's nothing works better than removing my makeup than cleansing oils and it would always feel a lot more nourishing and it works as a two-in-one because it's so effective as an eye makeup remover as well so since moving on from nude um i've kind of gone through so many of them like the go-to one's great trilogy's lovely biosance quarterly there's so many yummy ones and i just kind of slather it on And just to clarify, these are face oils or cleansing oils? Both. Both. Yeah, so I'll use a cleansing oil um, twice, always double cleanse. And then I'll use an oil even. Some people would only use an oil, a moisturizing oil in the evening, but I really like using it in the morning as well because it helps to give that really dewy glow to my skin. The Blow's motto is life isn't effortless, but your hair can be. And we've kind of touched on this a bit before, but you can't underestimate the power of a good hair day. Nothing beats a good hair day. I also would add to that that nothing beats an efficient day and a day that really considers your time where you can get a lot done and really feel like you're conquering your day with confidence. So for us at The Blow, we're all about serving up fast and effortless blow dries. We have a really great online booking system. There was There's nothing better than thinking in the middle of the night or at 11 p.m. when you're watching Homeland or something, <laughs> shit, I need to book that blow dry for tomorrow morning. And for us to be open at 7 a.m. is a really great service to our guests who are very busy and they might be go straight from the gym, jump off the tram, come to us, then go to a meeting and then get on with their day. It's really about fitting in with her lifestyle rather than the other way around. And how quick you can come in and how long until you leave with your blow dry? Usually 45 minutes. Wow. Yeah, that's the goal. We also serve up dry styles, which we'll be offering at Sephora shortly. And dry styles are really, really popular, even more so for girls who don't have any time on their hands. So you just need to come in with clean, dry hair. And then we use tongs or curlers or straighteners to create beautiful waves, um, body movement bends to the hair. And I know you've had some amazing people walk through the doors already, including a former prime minister. Oh my gosh, my <laughs> favourite, Julie. Gillard. That was very exciting. She's a customer. Like she books in. Like the first time I got her like booking confirmation, I was like, is that her? <laughs> is that the Julia Gillard? And I saw the email address and I thought, yeah, I think it is. And so, you know, wore my special pink power suit that day. Love it. And I couldn't help myself. I had to thank her for her service um but she comes in quite a bit and the funnest time was when she came she came in recently and she was wearing a red coat I said oh Julia I love your coat and she said oh thank you the blow red and I was like oh my god yes it's the blow red I love that you recognize that so yeah all in The sixth product on your list is the perfume or scent that has a special memory or, or meaning for you. And for you, it is the Body Shop Perfume Oils. Yeah, take me back. I mean, not necessarily in a really great way. <laughs> I think because growing up, I didn't, my mum was allergic to perfume and so we didn't really have it in the house. And um, I've never been a real perfume girl. You know how some of your friends, like, you'll go on holiday and they'll have packed a perfume, like a full on 30 mil or 50 mil bottle. That is extraordinary to me. Like I love it, but I never would think to do it. I have to remind myself to wear perfume. And so back in the day, the body shop perfumes were just the most exciting thing in Geelong, um, in beauty in Geelong. And they were white mask, like it was this musky old perfume but it was their mo- their bestseller there's something about musks that just hit home to some women yeah um and oceanus does anyone remember oceanus oh it was unisex and it was like this blue and greeny color and 
Oh my gosh. I, anytime I smell it, I'm just taken back to being 15, 16, 17 <laughs> in Geelong. Love it. You started the blow in 2018. So it's been just over a year and a half yeah. about. When you look back on that year and a half, what's kind of the thing that stands out to you most? Resilience. Yeah, it was, it, it's, it's hard. It's really hard. And it's more, the hardest part was my own mental well-being. I think, because it, has gone really well from day one with because we have been so supported by such a brilliant community and I have felt a huge warm hug from Melbourneian women in all parts of life and it's been incredible but for me to have the resilience on a good day or a bad day the you feel the highs are really high and the lows are really low and so I've had to learn a lot of skills on how to get through that because at the end of the day it's retail you're managing people and your product is a service that is all about making a woman feel good and so of course there's always going to be be variations on on the delivery of that and what a good day means and what a bad day means so I've learned to celebrate one win a day and it could be something the smallest thing like it could be a beautiful comment on Instagram or it could be something big like doing this podcast or it could be having a great chat with one of our guests or it could be Julia Gillard coming in or it could be like my team member that one of my stylists the other day got a note from a guest who was visiting from WA and she went back home. She wrote a letter about how she'd changed her life. Now that is a win. Beautiful. So there are those kind of things that really remind me of what I'm doing is meaningful and worthwhile to some people which is very important to me to have that purpose but it's at the end of the day you're managing cash flow you're managing huge overheads you're managing payroll tax and super and someone forgetting their keys and all the rest of it that um that comes with with life um so it's been quite a journey and that's one thing that I really like to talk on this podcast about when it comes to running a business. Obviously, we are seeing so much more of female-founded businesses, which is incredible. But I think the flip side of that is also sometimes the glamorization of entrepreneurship yeah. and just the glossy side without all those other bits that you're talking about. Completely. And the glamorization of the side hustle as well, which is can be exhausting juggling all those things. So how do you find the balance between or have you found the balance between working hard and avoiding burnout, particularly in the early stage of building a business? Yeah, I did. Well, I did burn out. Yeah, I, I basically, it was three months in just before Christmas and I had a panic attack for no reason, but a million reasons as well. And I couldn't move my body for two days. And that's happened to me twice. So I employ strategies to help me set up my day and feel a lot more resilient and strong. And so that's practicing yoga most days. It's journaling, setting intentions. It's a gratitude journal. So always being really positive, but it's really difficult. And one thing that has been really beautiful that's come out of the last year is the support of the female business community that I have really lent on and learned so much from and has really changed my feelings towards business and It's been really brilliant, really brilliant and the best thing about it, but it is very hard and it's not to be taken lightly and it's something that I think I'll be struggling with or be challenged with um, every day as long as I have my doors open. Speaking about female-founded businesses, the seventh product on your list is the one that you always repurchase, which is the ultraviolet queen screen. Yes, the queen screen. Tell me about this one queen screen from by the dream team so some of my best business buds in beauty are Ava Matthews and Beck Jefford who created ultraviolet all just over a year ago can you believe it's crazy to think it's been that short a time oh and they and okay so they would I'm sure they don't believe this but it's true and no one would believe that someone who's worked in beauty had never used SPF until a year ago but that was me I know look at your face you're like (laughs) what the fuck I never used used sunscreen before and it was queen screen and the ultraviolet girls that got me onto it because it's just like using a beautiful moisturizer that absorbs so well into the skin it's so considered their brand is so slick they've done a beautiful job on making spf and sun protection cool and accessible and 
exciting and relevant to a new generation of women and I think they should be really applauded for that. I have a lot of respect for, for those girls. It's been a game changer. An absolutely. absolute game changer and for me too, personally. If it wasn't enough to have launched The Blow, you were also the co-founder of another brand. Yes, I am. Memo. Yes. Tell me a bit about the inspiration for that, where that came from. So the inspiration came to my friend, Kate Casey, who is my co-founder, who is a mum of two kids. And she came to me with this idea and I just had to jump in. It was just such a great opportunity. Uh, It's baby goods, baby retail, but done very differently to how baby goods are currently being marketed and sold. Um, So the inspiration was Kate had a list when she was pregnant that had been given to her by a lot of friends. And they said, buy this, don't bother with this, this product you won't need until X date, this one you probably don't actually need at all. So cross that off, only buy this at this stage, this is the best, this is not even worth your time, et cetera, et cetera. And that list was circulated amongst a huge community of women. But there was no one place where you could find all of those things. So Kate was going to one specialty retailer there. She was going to baby bunting when she really didn't want to go to baby bunting. And so she thought that what she could do better was to create a space where only the best baby brands and products on the planet are sold but we sell it in a really unique way we've got a tone of voice that is really relatable we don't believe in selling all of the stuff because you don't need all of the stuff it can be incredibly overwhelming to someone who's expecting a baby to think particularly with all of the noise and the chatter around mum communities that you need to get all of these things because this is what makes a good mum. It's not about that at all. It's about finding only the best things that will help you prepare for a happy home life with your baby um, without all of the extra fluff and the fuss. Kate has done a brilliant job with the edit of all of the products and we're growing and it's been it's been really fun and it was interesting to me because I came from beauty and had never really explored this world and I couldn't believe how it was being marketed. I'm not about the bumps and the bellies and the cute babies and the goo goo and the gaga and I I've banned the word mama and baba all that kind of stuff because you shouldn't I don't believe that women change when they become mums they're still their same fabulous self and so why would the marketing change when it comes to your own personal makeup collection, are you a minimalist or a maximalist? Maximalist, 100%. No just hesitation. All this stuff. And I guess in my job, I have the luxury of um, being given a lot of products to try and use and to love. And so um, I love trying everything. And my, I'm lucky in that my skin has never been problematic, so I can really chuck anything on it and see how it, res- see kind of what it responds best to. So taking a bit of a quick dive into your current makeup bag. You've got a few favourites. Tell me about your go-to foundation. That would be YSL Touche Clap Foundation. It is superb at covering and also brightening the skin. It really lights your skin from within. And I love a full coverage. I'm not a natural girl. So that one is the perfect balance for me. And are you applying with sponge, brush? How do you do your Well, all I used to always do fingers. And now I do brush because Hillary Holmes makeup tells me I should use a brush. <laughs> so I use a brush. <laughs> and what about hair products? You've got two. Dyson, that hair dryer completely changed my life. It is such a brilliant, fast drying, smoothing, anti-frizz hair dryer. It's expensive, but totally worth it for women like us who have that curliness. Um, it's just brilliant. It's it's expensive for a reason. And my friend Maeva um, from Bread Beauty Supply is just about to launch her incredible hair brand called Bread. And she has given me sneak peek samples of the incredible treatment hair mask. And that has given so much extra nourishment to my really, really dry hair. So I think that's going to completely change the game when it launches. She's been posting a few pictures of it recent days and I'm so excited for it to hopefully finally come soon. You're going to love it, Britt. When you look back on the beauty industry as kind of a whole in the time that you've been there, what do you think has been the biggest change that you've noticed? 
a huge shift towards self-expression and diversity. Even when I think about the kind of campaigns that we would do five, ten years ago, um, when I think about the sexualization of beauty or how it used to be marketed, it just wouldn't fly now. I think representation of different expressions of beauty on minority groups, boys in beauty has been a big one. Um, that has been so, so exciting to see and really inspiring to see. Um, the other thing that's great is that beauty used to be held by only those department store brands and you could kind of list five or ten off the top of your head but now beauty is democratized it's however you know you can take one product from here and one product from here or there might be a cult product that you saw on Adore Beauty or you picked up you know a Glossier lip balm overseas it's you don't have to be loyal to one brand you can really find anything that really um, that works best for you and it's incredibly empowering. And I think it's also, obviously, that talk of empowerment has come into it a lot more, but it's also become a lot less serious as well, I think, which is great. Absolutely, yeah. And and that goes back to that idea of, you know, it used to be Dior, Chanel, Estee Lauder, and it was only a certain type of woman who looked a certain way and a lot of big words that <laughs> you might not have understood. Whereas now it's, you know, someone like Maeva or Ultraviolet talking about skincare in a sunscreen in a completely different way that is relevant to a younger girl that she, you know, it's speaking her language, which is so, so important. Tell me about some of the people who have or continue to inspire or shape you personally or professionally. The women who are in the back of my mind always are people like Anita Roddick, who founded The Body Shop, who really stood for something beyond beauty. The founders of Benefit, Jean and Jane Ford, who really turned um, cosmetics on its head and said, you know, makeup doesn't have to be serious. Laughter is the best cosmetic. That's really inspired my my thought of not taking things too seriously, which I love. And then I have been very privileged to be supported by women in business who have been my managers or bosses um, over the whole course of my career who have really helped me. And then it's the women in the business community who are supporting me now. So there are so, so many who I've learned from and who continuously inspire me and support me to be my best. The final product on your list is the one that you would trust with your life, which fittingly is a benefit one, yeah. which is the Hulabot bronzer. Yeah. Tell me about this one. The best bronzer ever. And I have learned a lot because that's going from my natural glow days. So I know the worst. <laughs> <laughs> or maybe it was in my application. Who knows? Um, Hula BOP is the one product that I would never, ever, ever leave home without. It is buildable. It's got a beautiful natural bronze glow. It lasts forever. It's unbreakable. It's unshakable. And I'm obsessed with it. It's really great for contouring as well. The color is just perfect for my skin. I loved it when they brought out the lighter Yes. The lighter hula shade because yeah. I, I loved the formula, but it was just that little bit too dark for me and light is perfect. Perfect. And then there's also deeper shades now as well, which is important, which they didn't have a few years ago. When it comes to your ideal Sunday, what does that look like and what are your passions outside of beauty? It's time to myself. That's really important to me. Um, I feel like in my job, it's incredibly social and high on communication and communicating effectively and consistently and positively. So it's nice to be able to have a bit of time to myself. So it would be yoga. It would be journaling. It would be a little bit of a sleep in, um, although I'm quite a morning person. It's drinks with friends. I love swimming, so I love going anywhere near the ocean, like an ocean swim would be a real treat on a Sunday. The colder, the better. Um, and just chilling out. My favorite thing to do actually by myself is going to the movies. So I see most movies and it's just such a luxury, isn't it? It's even Snacks more fun. Snacks to yourself, no yeah. distractions. It's just something about it where it feels like you can really pause time. And I've been doing it since school days. So that would be something that I would love to do on a Sunday as well. When you look ahead at the rest of 2020, obviously there's so many exciting things happening with The Blow, the recent announcement of standalone bars in Sephora, which is incredible. But what is 
what is your your goal for 2020 and that can be with the blow or or personally as well so my goal would be to have more and more women experiencing internal and external transformations at the blow really positive ones so we'll continue to keep on doing what we're doing and continue to spread our DNA as we expand. Personally, I want to enjoy it. That's the big one. I think it's so easy for me to say, oh my God, it's really big or I'm overwhelmed or this is too much or I'm so busy, I'm so busy, I'm so busy. I don't want to say that. I want to say, gosh, this is exciting. Gosh, I should feel so grateful for these opportunities. Gosh, wouldn't I have killed for this opportunity 18 months ago and look at us now. So to, yeah, to be able to sit in that gratitude and enjoy the moment and be really present in the moment um, would be a big one. And now we just have to get through the next few weeks with coronavirus and yeah, so everything else that's going we, on. We did touch on that a little bit and I do want this to be a bit of an escape so we won't talk about it too much. But in times like this, how can people support you and support the blow? Well, unless they're my landlord, <laughs> I don't know how much of a difference. And it's really up to the individual. If you want to buy a gift card, Is that's that a good one. Is that something that's helpful? Yeah, always because it's money in the bank that we can use now yeah. yeah to keep going but I know it's going to be okay this these kind of things happen and um, businesses are resilient and I will try and be as resilient as possible and my team have been great so we'll we'll roll with the punches and we'll figure it out the one thing I've never been able to do is learn how to blow dry my own hair oh same so after however many weeks <laughs> or months we end up self-isolating or spending time I know I'll be coming to the blow for some pampering and absolutely and so gift vouchers are a good way to go if you're not able to go totally at the moment and leave it to the experts that's why I always say yeah. I don't have the arm muscles for that oh, I know and people always ask me oh are you gonna learn how to do it I'm like dude people train for like years <laughs> this is like it's not like someone saying oh like are you gonna be a lawyer because you're working at a law firm no you've got to like really excel and have a passion for it so I leave it to the experts leave it there. to the experts Phoebe you've talked us through the eight and a few products that have special meaning for you and now is the the point where I send you to Beauty Island and tell you you can only take one of them. Yeah. But I will give you sunscreen so you can <gasps> remove you. that from the equation. Ultraviolet are, only, please. There you, you go. We are sun safe on Beauty Island. <laughs> um, but if you had to pick just one, not necessarily for practicality, but for the memories or the, what it means to you, which one would you pick? I would take my mum's Nutri-Moist because it would be super moisturising. So that would be great. So that would cover that. And then it would fill me with lots of beautiful memories. A double hit. A double hit. Great choice. Phoebe, thank you so much. It's been such a delight talking to you today. Thanks for having me. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Beauty Island with the brilliant Phoebe Simmons. You can find where to follow her, the blow and all the products she spoke about in today's episode in the show notes. And a thank you, another big thank you for your incredible support for the podcast for this health season. I will be back very soon. You might not even get the chance to miss me with the special series of Beauty Isolation and maybe a few bonus episodes as well, which I cannot wait to share with you. In the meantime, if you fancy chatting more beauty, as always, you can find me on Instagram at Beauty Island Podcast or my personal beauty account at Brittany Beauty BTS. I'm a bit more active in terms of talking and trying lots of new beauty products and sharing beauty history. Or you can sign up to my regular beauty newsletter called It's a Beauty for thoughts and recommendations straight to your inbox. Thank you. And until next time, bye bye. <laughs>